right, if you'll turn together with me this morning in your Bibles to, I think it's Luke chapter 8. <laughs> I, I guess it is. Yes, it is. Luke chapter 8. I just about forgot where the text was, but that's where we're going to be looking. Luke chapter number 8. And... Um, I want to give you a little sermonette before I deliver the sermon this morning. Let's see if I can remember it. Missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, the meaner you get. <laughs> you like that? Hey, you know what? You wouldn't believe how true that is. You just wouldn't believe. The more you miss, the meaner you get. So, don't be guilty of a misdemeanor. All right. Luke chapter number 8. Now, before I read our text, I'm going to share with you an introduction. I have a hard time the way the Lord leads me to bring messages because they're just about exclusively in series. And there's a reason why that's the case. Is because I can't get it all in in one sermon. I just can't. And uh, I keep seeing stuff that's precious. And so this is the case in this. Now, the introduction, on the introduction, here's, you don't have to turn to this. I'll just share it with you. And you who have faithfully participated in the studies, uh, are aware of this, and so it just needs to be a little reminder. And also, the fact that people tune in to our worship service from all over the world, literally all over the world, uh, they may not know what I've preached on in the past, and so I just have to say, tell you what, where we've been. As you know, I preached a series on the two little words, but God. And I think I brought about 12 or 13 messages using Scripture that had that in it. And I told you that what impressed me about that was that that brings out something unique. It brings out the subject of divine intervention. In other words, God steps in, but God, you have something in the text, but it says, but God, and it changed everything. And so, divine intervention is where God intervenes in the affairs of man or in an individual's life, and He brings about His purpose and His plan. And He's a sovereign God. He's absolutely sovereign. And so, He can do whatever He pleases. The Bible tells us that He has always done that. He's always brought about what He pleases in, in everything, in everything in our experience. And that's the God of the Bible. So all of those messages were about divine intervention. And then I shared with you uh, uh, the impact that it had had on me personally. And what I brought out was, I got to thinking about how this ought to affect the people that heard that series of sermons. That doesn't mean it always does, but how it should. And it did in my experience. It helped me to learn more about my God. Everything that I read and study in the Bible uh, brings that about, helps me to understand God better. 
And uh, you might say, well, preacher, you've been saved for 50-something years and you've been preaching for 45, been a pastor. Surely you've already learned all you need to know about God. You'd be wrong if you thought that because I'm going to leave this world one day and I'm going to spend eternity and I'm going to be learning how great thou art. I want you to know you won't exhaust that in your journey here on this earth. So I learned more about God. The second thing was, and this was the part that inspired a question, the second thing was, my faith in Him has grown. And then the third thing was that my prayer life was impacted because most of the things that we pray for, if you stop and think about it, you're praying for divine intervention. You really are. If you say, Lord, watch over my youngin' out there, you're praying for divine intervention. Just about everything we pray for, except when we thank Him and praise Him for who He is and how He works in our life, is about divine intervention. It it always is. This is a praying church. And I got a text the other day uh, as a result of some matter that had been prayed about among our folks And they said, it is such a blessing to be a part of a praying and believing church. And that's true. It is true of Emmanuel. You see, that's part of the reason why I've been here 23 years. And I'll tell you what, I pray the Lord give me the strength and the health to be here 23 more. Now, I don't know how, that'll make me about 100, but that's all right. I want you to know old Caleb. When he got 80 years old, he was stronger than he ever was. The story of him in his Bible. So it, it's alright if you pray for things for his purpose and his plan. You see, it's alright to do that. And so that Im- impacted me. And when I did that, uh, one person said, Preacher, why don't you teach on that subject? And the, the question was about our faith. Now let me show you what we found out in the last text on the subject, but God. And here's what it says, So then neither is he that planteth anything, and neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So I want to tell you something this morning. The preacher's not anything. The one that waters or one that plants, it doesn't matter. We're not anything, amen? I know that, and I thank God that He's shown that to me. It will guard me from pride and arrogance that God hates. And I'm thankful for that. But the Bible says that. But God that giveth the increase. So I'm going to be preaching a little bit on that word increase. And uh, this is how it works with me. I was going to preach on the subject, and I am, about increasing our faith. Increasing our faith. And uh, to answer the question that I was asked. But I just got to thinking about that. You know there's a whole lot more in our life other than our faith that can be increased or, listen, can be decreased. I want you to know that the same God that increases is the God that can decrease. And the Bible is full of examples of that. And my brother and sister, I want to challenge you this morning, please don't let that decrease be a part of your experience with the Lord. It's not any fun. It's not any fun. 
Over the many years that I've been a pastor, I have seen so many people get in trouble with the Lord. I have watched it. I could write ten books on the subject. I've watched it over and over and over and over. And I've actually even gone to people personally, one-on-one, and say, I'm concerned about what's going on in your life. Completely ignored. And then... The, and to share with them the reason I was concerned about, not judgmental, but obvious to everybody that watches their life. And then see it happen. And I knew it was going to happen. I, not that I can predict the future, but I just know what's in the Bible. I know how God deals with things along that line. And so I've had it just ignored. And I've seen it just get worse and worse in their life. Please don't ever do that. Don't ever let decrease be a part of your experience with the Lord because it's no fun. And and, and, uh, if you really, really are saved, guess what? The Bible teaches He will intervene, intervene, remember divine intervention, intervene in your life. I guarantee you that. I promise you that. Now, if you can go your way and do whatever you please, and you don't experience any divine intervention, you're lost as a goose, and you're on your way to a devil's hell. Sue told me the other day, she said, I said, I'm going to tell so-and-so this, or say so. She said, ah, oh, please don't. You're going to offend them. And she said, you, you need to be careful. You say things all the time that has a potential of running people off. And I do, and I'm going to keep it up. Because, guess what, my friend? Part of preaching the gospel, you ought to know this, is warnings. That's part of preaching the gospel. It is warning people. This is something that can happen to you. And that's, it's easy to find that in the Scripture. So please don't ever let decrease happen to you. Don't ever let that happen. The devil will do whatever he can to get you to decrease. So don't do it. I'm preaching on increase. Increase. Now here's what I shared with you. I brought, I think, two messages on that subject. But God that giveth the increase. In other words, He's in charge. Amen. It don't matter what the preacher does, the planter or the waterer, whatever. It's God who decides... The increase. It is God. And so, that's what that text says. I brought two messages on that. Then to answer the question about faith, uh, I, I began uh, to share with folks, first of all, I shared with you, showed you in the Bible, that the Bible says there's degrees of faith. You may remember that. If you uh, missed it, it's in Matthew chapter 8 and chapter 9, and it's about great Jesus said, great faith. And on the other end, Jesus said, O ye of little faith. And then He said to that lady in chapter 9, according to your faith, listen to this, so be it unto you. Now, I challenged folks last Sunday morning to pray the prayer, Lord, increase my faith. And you see, once I showed everybody that there were degrees of faith, I began to show you how God has ordained to increase my faith. 
And I'm going to share that with you as we go along. The ways that God has ordained to increase my faith. And I shared with you that the first thing you can do is you can pray for it. Remember, I challenged everybody to ask God to increase our faith. Now, I'm going, I'm going to tell you a little something I know about that. That might have been totally ignored simply because there might have been folks who thought, well, I'm satisfied with my progress in life. <laughs> I don't need to increase. You remember when I shared the text where the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. And I told you the reason why they asked the question. You can look it up in Luke 17, verse 5, or the verses going down and the verses along the way. Here's what it is. Jesus said, they asked Him about forgiving people, and He said, well, you forgive them. And if they, if they need forgiving, you forgive them seven times in a week or something. Seven times. And I, I shared with you, you know what that represents? That represents the many things in my Bible that I cannot do in my own strength. My Bible is full of that. Now here's what, here's the way I approach it. I find something in the Bible, and if I can do it okay, and if I can't, I just ignore it and go on. That's one way to deal with it. But I'll tell you the second way to deal with it. Lord, I'm your child. You have saved me by your marvelous grace. And you have shown me over and over that you can give me the wisdom and the strength to obey your word. I, I don't want to ever give an account to God for overlooking something in the Bible because it's not convenient for me. Preacher, surely you don't think that I ought to obey the Lord in literally everything. It might impact my job. It might impact my family. It might impact my fun. It might impact my recreation. It might impact... A lot of different things. I'm telling you, the Lord expects you as His child to obey everything He tells you to do. Preach it, brother. <laughs> and if you can't do it, guess what? You are His child. He can give you the wisdom and grace and strength and faith to obey Him. Isn't that something? It's true. I'm telling you it's true. So I brought two sermons on just simply asking God. And I gave you one reason why people ought to desire more faith and that is to be able to obey Him. Be able to do what He asks us to do in His Word. Now, here's the case with a lot of people who profess to be Christian. I say profess all the time because I really do believe with all my heart there's a whole lot of people who profess to be Christians who are not. They don't have an appetite for the Word of God. They don't have a desire for this or for that. They just cruising along in life and they'll say, well, one time I made a profession of faith and I was baptized. My name's on the church roll and I guess I'm going to heaven. I guess maybe you might not be. You understand that? You remember Jesus said that many would stand before Him one day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not? You make the list. Put whatever in there you want. And Jesus will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. 
When God saves a person, He changes that person forever. The change never stops. You say, preacher, you're 72 years old and you've been preaching for 50 years. Surely to goodness you've arrived. No, I've not. I look forward to every day and week of my life and every Sunday service in my life and every time I open the Bible to learn how that I can increase. And God, if I ever get to the place where I don't care whether I increase or not, I need to shut this Bible up and stop preaching it and let somebody else preach it. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. As much as I believe in the Lord, in the living Word, and in His written Word. Amen? I believe that. Then the second message was that poor man who had a sick child, who was, it was, he was demon-possessed, and he came to the disciples and he asked them to cast out the demon and they couldn't do it. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said, how long has he been this way? He said, since he was born from a child. And Jesus cast out that demon. And he, he told that man, he said, if you believe, all things are possible. And here was that man's response. Lord, I believe. And here was his prayer. Help mine unbelief. Did you know that was another prayer for faith? Help mine unbelief. So we need to pray for it. We need to pray for it. Now, God has ordained means of doing it. Now, listen to me this morning. Just because uh, you say, okay, uh, I, I will, I'll pray for it. That's all. That's all I need to do. Well, I want you to listen to this real careful. God has ordained means whereby He increases our faith. And I'm going to tell you something else. I found in the Bible how that if I don't want my faith increased, He can make me want my faith increased. Did you know that? I hope to be able to share that with you as we go along. He can cause you to be like that man who cried out, Lord, help mine unbelief. Have you cried out to God lately? How many of you believe that divine intervention can cause you to cry out to God? You say, preacher, how do you know so much about that? Been there, done that. Been there, done that. So God has ordained means whereby He increases people's faith. Praying is not enough. Now I want to share with you, and this will happen over the next few weeks, ways that God has ordained that our faith be increased. Now the first one is Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. This is going to be number one. Now Jesus has just, uh, in verse 4 through verse 15, now you know you're familiar with this story, I know. It's the parable of the sower. And Jesus said, a sower went forth to sow. Some, some of those seed just fell by the wayside and the birds come along and picked it up. It's like going to church and by the time you get back to your car, 
you don't remember what was preached. <laughs> That's what that is. In other words, it flies right over our head. We don't apply it to our heart. We don't take it seriously. Maybe until we have to cry out, God help my unbelief, if that happens in our life. And it can. It's going to happen to America, I believe. I really believe that with all my heart. It's going to happen to America. Let me tell you something. We have continuously provoked the God of heaven. We've done it for years that I personally know of. It gets worse every day. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're not watching the news, you don't know what's going on in our country. And if you're not watching the right news, you don't know what's going on in our country because we have news broadcasts who hide it, who won't tell it. I had somebody text me the other day and said, Preacher, what are some of the ones I need to be listening to? I was so glad they did, and I sent back and told them the ones we need to be listening to. And we live in a council culture. They cancel them out. Conservatives, they don't like you. They hate you. And they'll do whatever they can do. And boy, they've been doing it to cancel you out. And so, if we watch the right news programs, we understand something. We've been provoking God. You say, well, can you give us a little... How about drag shows in schools or uh, to young people? Have you ever seen any of the clips of that? I'm telling you what makes me want to go wherever that is and beat the snot out of them people. I'm not going to do it. But I hate it that bad. you know what I'm saying? I just hate it that bad. And I want to tell you something. They're working on our kids. If I was the devil and I wanted to change America, I'd start with the little ones and I'd start, I'd, that's where I'd start. And I'd really work on them. Really work on them. So do you say, well, the devil got people in our culture? He sure does. You remember what I've shared with you and proved it from the Bible that if a person is not saved, the devil can take control of their life any time he wants to. The Bible says that. That don't mean he controls every unsaved person's life. But he does when he has a purpose in doing that. So that's the culture we live in. And so God has a way. Now, the, he, Jesus shared from verse 4 through verse 15, He shared the parable of the sower. Some seed fell this way, this way, whatever. There was only one group that received the Word and, and they gained increase. It's verse 15. But that on the good ground, now listen to this, are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word, listen, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. I wrote in my Bible at some point, a test of condition of the heart. People who are truly saved and love the Lord, they want to keep His word and they want to bring forth fruit with patience. Amen? That's just what they want. God saves... What did you say, Brother Moore? I want to. Was that what it was? He fixed my want to. He told us that on Wednesday night here a while back. And that's what God does. You see, He changes our desire. That's a sign 
of God's grace working in a person. Amen? Changes our want to. So Jesus said that. Now here's our text, verse 16 through 18. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under the bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter may see the light. The subject, listen to this, as those things that God grants His children and gives us a stewardship of it. You let your light shine. Amen? That's just pretty simple. When we have Bible school with them saying, them kids saying, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Boy, you know, all of us adults need to sing that song too. And sing it from the heart. Sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Huh? Hallelujah's right. And one of the verses says, Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Now folks, let me tell you something. Whatever God has blessed you with, you can take a piece of paper and start writing it out. You can take a notebook this week and every time something comes to your mind, you can write it in there. This is how God has blessed me. Did you know, listen to this, you become a steward of that. And the Lord's going to hold you accountable for that which He has blessed you with. You say, preacher, I, I believe God's blessed me with good health. Use it for His glory. Amen? God has blessed me with some good sense. Use it for His glory. Right? I mean, whatever you can list, whatever you can write down, you can do that. So he says that in verse 16. Verse 17 he says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything here that shall not be uh, made known and come abroad. Now here's our text verse. Boy, it took me a long time to get to it, didn't it? But you remember I'm preaching about things that God has ordained to grow us. Here it is. Verse 18. Take heed, therefore. Anytime you find the words, you know what I always say about that word, therefore? You better look real careful to see what it's there for. This is a conclusion of what Jesus has been teaching. Take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him it shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Folks, you know something? God has put His approval on the old cliche. Use it or lose it. Did you know that? He's put His approval. Now, Kelly, if I decide to tie my left arm to my waist and, and go for ten years and not use it, 
what will happen to my left arm. You know, just like I do, it will be of no use whatsoever. Amen? If you don't use it, it'll be of no use. I was telling Kelly this morning that I had had rotator cuff surgery on both my shoulders. And one of my shoulders, the doctor operated on my shoulder and then he called Sue into the consultation room and he said, Miss Thomas, I couldn't do anything for him. It's too bad. And she cried. But you know what? She need not cry. I said, now Lord, and we have this saying, it is what it is. David, amen? It is what it is. David bought me a coffee cup. It sits on my desk every day in my study at home. And it says, it is what it is. And I think of David every time I go in there. But you know what? I said, Lord, You help me. I want to tell you all something. This is a miracle. I, it's in my right shoulder. I can use my right hand any way I need to. It wasn't no time after that surgery until I was hanging some sheetrock in a ceiling and had my uh, a driver in my right hand and driving sheetrock screws over my head. You know what? You're not supposed to do that if you don't have a rotator cuff. But I could do it. Guess who did that? The Lord did. <laughs> I said, Lord, this is the way it is. Help me. You help me. And I'll, I'll be okay. And I am okay. And uh, the doctor told me, he said, you know, if you'll go ahead and use that, uh, the body is an amazing thing. It'll take over and help the fact that you don't have one. I said, how's that? He said, other muscles will kick in. I can stand out in front of a mirror and this arm look, shoulder looks normal and this shoulder looks like Popeye. It really does. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord gave me the strength that I needed to do whatever I needed to do. Now, here's the title this morning. This is how God one of the ways He's ordained to grow my faith. Here it is. Use it or lose it. You say, me? you mean to tell me God does that? I'm telling you that's exactly what that verse says. And it's not the only verse in the Bible that says that. God giveth the increase. What if I don't use what I got? God will take part of it away from you. And the Bible says that. Now, I don't ever want to decrease. I'm just telling you that. I don't want to any way whatsoever. There's going to be some ways I'm going to decrease and I can't help it. I'm getting old. And there's things I can't do that I used to do. And that's just the way that is. That's the process of life. It's going to happen that way. But I can pray, Lord, don't let it happen so bad, so fast. <laughs> don't let it happen that way. God giveth entries. Now some of these young men, some of these young boys around here that strut their stuff when they shake the preacher's hand. And they, boy, they get ready and they, and some of the adult men do that. And what they found out was that the preacher might be an old man, but he's stout as an ox. You know what causes that? Use it or lose it. This is not a boastful statement, but it's just the way it is. I've had to work extremely hard in my life, even when I was a little kid. And I've told you all that 
they'd have put my daddy in jail if they'd have caught what he was doing. He would tell everybody he had four boys and he'd say, I'm raising my farm crew. And boy, did he ever mean that. By the time I was about 14 years old, I could cut more tobacco than any man. And the reason I could is because I'd been cutting tobacco. And uh, so I know about those things. Don't ever give in to the word decrease. And I'll tell you this related to that. Missing church is a misdemeanor. <laughs> the more you miss, the meaner you get. Guess what? It just opens the door for the devil to work in your life. That's why. Can I get everybody to say, Lord, I really want to increase. I want to increase in every way. I want to increase in my love for you. I want to increase in my love for your church. We have church members who they might say they love the Lord. and If you love the Lord, you're going to love everything He loves. Amen? You can't help that. If you love the Lord, you're going to love His Word. If you love the Lord, you're going to love His church. The Bible says He loved the church and gave Himself for it. If it's true, Lord, help me to love You more. Oh, for grace, the song says, to love Him more. That's the truth. Whether, you, whether I'm preaching about faith or love or whatever, it's the increase. That's what's important. Now let me tell you this and I'll, I'll close. You know, one of these days, every one of us, every single one of us, we're going to stand before Him and we're going to give an account for the stewardship that He's given us. And that is everything He's blessed us with. Everything. He's going to hold us accountable. There may be some over the many years that might say, Shoo, I wish I'd have taken what the preacher was saying seriously. <laughs> but it's too late. It's too late. Once death happens, or once that trumpet sounds, it's eternally too late. We'll go out into eternity and we'll give an account for those things the Lord has blessed us with. Whatever they might be, you could make a list just the same as I could. Whatever they are, that's what it is. I told my little granddaughter, you all know she's going off to basic training in May. She's joined the guards She's just a little bitty old thing. She don't, I can't imagine that. But she's going to be a medic. That's what she wants to do. And I said, Honey, when I went to the military, the first thing I had to deal with was I was homesick. A big old man had to work not to cry. And I said, What I realized was that I had been raised in an atmosphere of people who love me dearly and always wanted my best. And I said, Honey, when you get there, you're going to be homesick. And the reason you're going to be homesick is because if you've never noticed it before, you're going to notice the environment you've grown up in. She said, That's okay, Pappy. As soon as I get out of basic training and go to the AIT down in Texas, I'll be able to have my phone... And I can Facebook, or 
FaceTime you anytime I want to. I said, it'll be every day, honey. <laughs> she said, it probably will. It probably will. But, you know, we're unthankful far too often for the things we're blessed with. We don't stop to think about them. When upon life billows you are tempest-tossed, and you are discouraged thinking all is lost. You know what the Course says. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Don't forget, He can take it away from you. And He can do it in a heartbeat. Father, I know this morning how serious this is. I wish everybody could see the experiences I've had over the many years as a pastor. I just wish they could see people who ignored the things that I've preached about this morning and paid a horrible, horrible price for it. Thank You, God, for making us a steward of Your blessings. And I pray, O oh God, You'd impress upon all of us to want more than anything in the world to make them primary in our life and to be thankful for them every single day. The Bible says all things work together for good for them that love you and are the called according to your purpose. My favorite verse in all the Bible. Oh, how true it is. How true it is. I pray for myself this morning. I've preached myself under conviction. Help me to be thankful. Help me to want to, the things you've blessed me with to increase. And help me, oh God, please, not to ever experience decrease in any of it. I believe you hate decrease, and I believe you love increase. I believe you love to bless your children, and I pray you'd bless your children this morning. In Jesus' name and for His sake we pray. Amen. Now would you stand together with me while Brother Aaron leads us in a closing number. And if you have something the Lord has uh, spoken to you about, maybe you just need the preacher to pray with you and you want to come and do that and go back to your pew. Or you need to be saved this morning. Has He been speaking to your heart about that? Well, the fact that He's speaking in your, to your heart about that, you're one of the whosoever's. Amen? And you know it because He speaks to your heart. You come and confess Christ as your Savior. Even if you've done it before and come to realize it wasn't real. It wasn't true. You come and do it. God's okay with do-overs. Amen? So while we sing, Brother Aaron, lead us please.